0: Hello, and welcome back to Nathan's God Forsaking Podcast. Today, we'll talk about one of Shakespeare's most famous plays, Twelfth Night. More than any other Shakespearean play, the characters in Twelfth Night display a remarkable amount of gender and sexual ambiguity, with a plethora of changes in the relationships and the confusion that arises from the gender choices. And within that, that confusion arises the question as well as the play itself. Is the play, in essence, homoerotic? I invite upon you all a professor in gender studies, Dimitri Alexandre. Thank you, Nathan. The subject of homoeroticism has been debated throughout time immemorial. It's a peculiar construct with many supposed references, but none so clear as Shakespeare did not explicitly state so. There are only theories and assumptions, as you can see, but to some of our more inexperienced listeners, I'll provide some more context. Yes please, I do love some more context. Before we explore the specific examples of such actions, we must first understand the historical context of homosexuality in England during Shakespeare's time. In Bruce R. Smith's *Homosexuality in Shakespeare's England, Smith noted that while gender issues are age-old, certain aspects of sexual politics are in actuality very modern, social constructs and Shakespeare's complementaries actually had an appreciation for the exotic and imaginative. We tend to miss the fact that in Shakespeare's writing in Twelfth Night, even as there are sexual references, there is no emphasis on sex as an act. Rather, the play introduces to the audience differences between identity and perception, desire and multifaceted nature of love. Whoa, how cool is this? In Twelfth Night Gender plays a central theme in the context that it is presented as a fluid and uncertain factor, primarily in the case of Viola, as she masquerades as a man. You may think that the relationship between Sebastian and Antonia is apparent, but the subject of homoeroticism is not limited to just this unrequited love. Viola falls in love with Orsino, as you can see in Act 1. His belief that Viola is a man is also a subject of his desire, in which he falls in love with Viola's male guise. The situation that Twelfth Night faces is that Shakespeare writes the characters in a way which the male disguise of Viola also proves to be desired to a woman. Orsino desires Viola as a male confidence while Olivia interprets Viola as an attractive male. These ideas all show the unpredictable power of erotic desire and love, in which it may show a slimmer of homosexuality depending on how you perceive the characters. As seen in Act 1, Scene 2, Viola responds to her situation and environment by transforming her physical appearance and gender identity. The characters around her then correspond to how she presented herself and perceives her as a man. The way how they perceived her was quite interesting, as Olivia falls in love with her male disguise. As Olivia said in Act 2, Scene 1, me thinks I feel that this youth's perfections with an invisible and subtle self to creep in at my eyes, well, let it be. The statement by itself reveals that Olivia has fallen in love with a woman on her own accord. It also shows that the aspect of gender plays a major role in increasing interpersonal developments. If Viola never disguised herself as a male, then Olivia would have never fallen in love with her. In this way, Olivia acts on her own sexual and emotional desire, in which is unbound by gender roles. Also, regarding the actors of the play itself, in Shakespeare's time, women were not allowed to act professionally, so the actor for Viola would have been a boy of young and androgynous complexion. Basically, it's a boy masquerading as a woman, masquerading as a man. That would give way to some spicy confrontations. Whoa, what about Sebastian and Antonio? Isn't that the most prevalent of the instances of homosexuality? Patience, Nathan. Sebastian and Antonio are perhaps the most overt references to homoeroticism in Twelfth Night*. While there is no indication of Sebastian having feelings for Antonio, Antonio often expresses his love for Sebastian as seen in Act 3, Scene 3, when Antonio said, I cannot stay behind you, my desire, more sharp than filed seal, to spur me forth. The statement also seems to imply erotic interest, but the interpretation can be up for discussion as Shakespeare's audience may simply perceive it as a close bond between men. Remember, in Shakespeare's age, women were perceived as inferior and therefore having no equal relationship to a male, whereas a friendship to males would be of a friendship of equal quality and affection. Whoa, I'm shook. I guess this play can be homoerotic. It all depends on their perspective. Alright guys, that's all the time we have today. See you guys next week.